Hello, welcome to Industry Reactions. Industry Reactions is a weekly briefing on industry events, changes, and future trends that impact your business. We're your hosts, Rick Honer and Mark Friedel from Kempoint. You can find Industry Reactions on YouTube, LinkedIn, and as a podcast. For those watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button, ring that notification bell, and smash that like button. We plan on discussing issues that impact the global industry and help you uncover new opportunities. We hope this will provide market intelligence that will keep you ahead of changing conditions. Well, after last week's stories of the deep freeze seen across a better part of the US, including the Gulf Coast, the first story is in regards to restarts. Chemical plants and refineries are beginning to restart their operations following the recent polar storm, a process that could last for days or even weeks. The tedious restart process is ongoing at plants all along the supply chain, but the impact was not homogeneous. Some producers were finding pinhole leaks or other problems in pipes exposed to sustained sub-freezing temperatures during startup processes. Some plants now have power, personnel, and undamaged equipment, so these plants will be online soon. Other companies are experiencing shortages of critical supplies, which they need to either safely restart their plants or to repair leaks and and damage from the polar storm. It was reported that one plant could require five weeks to repair integral equipment. That's crazy. I mean, it's been nothing uh, short of amazing. I mean, the number of outages, the short supply, and I feel like it's been relatively quiet, at least for us from what I've seen, uh, but the industry is gonna feel this very heavily. Uh, when you look at this type of dependency between plants and products to make other products, this is a big deal for our industry. Yeah, I, and I think this chart uh, that we're looking at here is actually pretty amazing. The percentage of outages from some of these products, you know, as high as 100% on, on some of these, um, but most of them, you know, 60, 70, 80%, you take that offline for, you know, just even a short period of time, it's going to be very disruptive. Yeah, I know maybe one stat I'd heard, uh, up to 70 force majeures had been declared. It's, it's insane how much impact this will have. All right. So in terms of, um, uh, specialty, uh, chemical, uh, activity, the chemical activity barometer you know, a leading economic indicator created by the American Chemistry Council rose 1% in February on a three-month moving average. This is following an, uh, almost a 2% increase in January. On a year-over-year basis, the barometer rose 1.3% in February. With 10 months of gains, the latest CAB reading is consistent with expansion in the U.S. economy, said Kevin Swift, the chief economist at ACC. You know, from my standpoint, this is still, you know, on top of all those outages, you have, you know, an incredible amount of demand and activity from a demand standpoint. So that's creating quite the pinch. BASF expects global chemical production, excluding pharmaceuticals, to grow by an average pre-pandemic average of 4.4% in 2021. The emerging market production level in 2019 will be surpassed in 2021 while overall output in advanced economies will presumably still be considerably lower. So more growth in 2021, especially from emerging markets. Um, As we look at rail car traffic, 
Uh, chemical rail car traffic in North America plunged this week, as you would imagine. It was down 24.1% year over year last week. This was a direct result of the winter storm that, that struck Texas and Louisiana. Um, you know, as you know, it shut down a great majority of the U.S. petrochemical production. Volume totaled 35,000 carloads during the week, ending 20th of February. That's down 21.5% from the previous week. And that's all according to data released by the Association of American Railroads. Key petrochemical markets in Asia have hit multi-year highs, driven up by strong crude gains following winter storm-related U.S. output disruptions and robust post-holiday activity in China. I'm assuming post-holiday activity is referring to Chinese New Year. Uh, Naphtha, for example, was trading on Wednesday near uh, $600 a ton, which was uh, breached the previous day to hit its highest price since December of 2019. Um, really, all petrochemicals in China are up. Um, everything else is just taking along. Um, this is according to a source uh, at a major Southeast Asian oleochemical producer. Again, going back to the perfect storm, this is uh, setting the stage for a lot of imports. Yeah, you, you put a pinch point on all the U.S. domestic manufacturing, and of course, you've got to make up for it globally. All right, let's move on to new product introductions and company announcements. So DSM is releasing a portfolio of repulpable barrier coating resins, helping food manufacturers reduce the use of low-density polyethylene and give food packaging a quote-unquote second life. LDPE is a thermoplastic made from ethylene. It's commonly used as an extrusion polymer to protect the food inside uh, packaging and maintain essential functions like oil, grease, and moisture resistance. While LDPE is effect highly effective in doing this, it is also unsustainable and it's difficult to recycle through most mainstream recycling facilities. The unrecyclability means that the majority of food packaging containing LDPE ends up in landfills where it typically takes 500 to 1,000 years to degrade, and that's according to DSM. So in response, the Dutch multinational is producing barrier resins that provide grease and water resistance while being repulpable and reworkable. Once a paperboard packaging has been used, it can be reformed into a new package for a second life cycle. Beyond Meat fast food tie up with McDonald's and Yum Brands accelerates plant-based menu offerings. Beyond Meat has struck two high profile deals with fast food giants McDonald's and Yum Brands, the corporation that operates KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. The moves will see plant-based products proliferating fast food menus as the tie-up accelerates the co-development of chicken, pork, and egg products as part of a plant-based platform. This agreement, and this agreement announcement further solidifies the relationship between McDonald's and Beyond Meat, which began in 2019 with the Canadian test of a sandwich made with Beyond Meat's plant-based patty. Beyond Meat's strategic partnership with Young Brands is also expanding the company's growing track record of collaborations to offer sustainable plant-based products. That's crazy to see the McPlant. You know, you have this massive acceleration to make foods that are healthy for you, all of a sudden not healthy in fast food products. 
All right, and on a similar vein, uh, last summer Oatly raised $200 million US dollars in funding, um, which saw Oprah Winfrey, Jay-Z, Natalie Portman invest in the Alt Milk brand alongside with other high-profile investors, including Rock Nation, former Starbucks chairman and CEO Howard Schultz, Orkilla Capital, and Rabo Corporate Investments, the investment arm of Rabobank. Now it plans to go public by filing for an IPO in the US. The move comes amid rising demand for plant-based milk alternatives as consumers seek better for you beverages with environmental credentials. There's no confirmation over Oatly's potential value. However, speculation is mounting over Oatly's potential value, which some estimates put it above 5 billion US dollars, with some even citing $10 billion. Oatly wants a New York listing to tap into the IPO boom and the rising trend for plant-based alternatives to animal products. Well, with big names like that, it's not a surprise they're going to get top dollar for their valuation. And with the IPO boom, it's just about anything that you put out there is going to have a kick. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to M&A news. WR Grace says it has agreed to acquire Albemarle's fine chemistry services business for approximately 570 million USD. Grace expects to finance the cash portion of the transaction with a mix of cash and debt. The company will acquire Albemarle's contract manufacturing facilities at Tyrone, Pennsylvania and South Haven, Michigan as part of the deal. The transaction is expected to close in the second half or the second quarter of 2021, pretty soon here. Albemarle's Fine Chemistry Services Group has been an industry leader in contract pharmaceutical, ag agrochemical, lubricant, and specialty chemicals manufacturing with production facilities and advanced R&D capabilities. It's good to see Grace um, investing in their production capabilities. All right, that's it for this week's edition of Industry Reactions. We will return next week with a fresh batch. Until then, stay safe. Take care. <laughs>